Hello, outsiders, and welcome to today's very, very, very special episode of the I Once Outside Today podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Chris. This is Cheryl. I'm Sydney. I planned the thing. I produced this episode. Good job. Produced it. Good job. Thank you for taking over while Chris and I got married. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Actually, wasn't even thinking about if you were exhausted or anything at all. <laughs> I just saw this thing, and I was like, I don't know what meat is. Also, thanks for planning it and then asking us the day of when we're going. Yep. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. As a side note, also, I've decided our followers should be called outsiders. Okay. Because I went outside today. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. Today's episode is a killer. Or is it? And who is the killer? That's right. In today's episode, we took part in a murder mystery. This time, it was all three of us, not just Sydney, griping and complaining all by herself. Yeah. She produces somewhat by herself. Mm-hmm. 100% by myself. Here is the description of the event. Who done it? Murder at the meadery. Come join Be Kind Thrift for a night of mystery, intrigue, and fun. Attendees will have the opportunity to solve a murder mystery with prizes awarded to those who can crack the case, plus drinks, food contests, and a silent option. auction. Come out and enjoy. And the location was at a meadery out in New Sarepta, Alberta. Mm-hmm. We'll give a shout out to Old Station Honey and Mead. Though we also bought some mead from while we were there. During the murder mystery event, there was a mead tasting with your drink ticket. So we got a few half glasses of mead and then we decided to take some home. And we're drinking it now. Mm -hmm. And this is not a paid advertisement for the meadery, but you run a meadery and would like us to say equally very nice words or even nicer words. Uh, drop us a line. Mm-hmm. Reach us on our socials, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Sydney says she can't get drunk anymore, but I bet she can if she applied herself. I would regret it, I think, but so far I've not found that threshold. A volume, yeah, mm-hmm. I've not found a volume and uh, strength to be able to get drunk mm. so far. Sounds like a future episode idea. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have a hospital on standby, I have really good insurance. Uh, we'll just get some water. Huh. We'll get some essential oils. Get some regret water. Mm-hmm. We'll rub a Himalayan salt rock on your face, yep. and it'll suck out all of the toxins from your body. That's right. I don't know about that. This is not related to anything, though, but my acupuncturist told me to try magnesium flakes in the bathtub, and she's like, you'll sleep better. And I was like, this sounds like nonsense, but whatever. And then I tried it, and then I slept so well. I was half an hour late for work. I slept nine hours on a weekday. Well done. I usually sleep like six hours. I'll have to give that a try. So beware of magnesium flakes. I Where do mag- you get them? Uh, I just got them from some random health store, but I'll send you a link. Cool. I have magnesium pills. Yeah, so do I. They do help with... Apparently, um, it's different. Bruxism. The bioavailability is different. How I mean, much different, Sydney? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, having a bath in general will help you sleep better. Yeah, but I take baths all the time, and yeah. this was different. Okay. You can email Sydney directly about her bathing habits. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Full description. Please don't. Plus, fluids involved. Gross. So, Sydney, how did you find out about this murder at the meadery? I saw it on Facebook, because I still use Facebook, because I'm 100 inside. 
I keep reading all these articles that, like, only old people use Facebook, but, like, that's where my stuff is. I don't want to, I don't understand, like, it's too many things to be on Twitter and Instagram and all the other ones, so I use Facebook still because I'm 100. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like, these days, like, people aren't, you know, maintaining their online friendships on Facebook as much. They've moved on to other things. But Facebook's almost like how newspapers used to be back in the day. Because then you can, like, find out about local businesses and events and stuff. Yeah, that's true. People sharing fake news that you can read up and believe or not believe. Listen back to our Did people have Facebook-only friendships that they were maintaining? Like, if you were on my Facebook, it's because I know you. Some people have pen pals. I used to. I used to on my old profile. Not anymore. Hmm. Plus, when, like, for a lot of people, when Facebook first came out, it was a numbers game for how many friends you had. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you were doing old lady stuff being on Facebook. It was doom scrolling on Facebook, and it was like murder at the meadery. And I was like, oh, I've never been to a meadery. And I screenshotted it and sent it to you. And now my favorite part was when we were pulling up to this meadery, and we were walking in. I said, you had to walk in front and talk to people first. And you said, no, I don't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Guess what you had to do for the entire event? Talk to people. I didn't think it through. (laughs) The best part about it for me was when Sydney was trying to ask me if we were going to have to play as characters. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. Um, I didn't really know what a murder mystery was. (laughs) I just wanted to go to the meadery. So I've been to other murder mysteries and typically, no, you're not playing a character. So this was a little new for me, too. Oh, is this like a bit different? I thought we would just guess who the murderer was, which I guess we did. We did. Mm -hmm. But So when we walked in through the door and got into the party zone, they handed us out character sheets. And on them was a description of who we were playing and our character's goals for the event, plus... The short description of what your character knows about all the other characters in the room. Emphasis on sheets. It's so much information. It was three pieces, three printed sides of paper. Two, three, three and a half, four. That's also a half. So we'll say four full typed pages. Of information. That is like a day's worth of doom scrolling on Facebook. Oh my god, it's so much. So much. I could, and like sometimes if I'm tired and I just, it was like not sinking into my head. I could not remember anything that I read. It was like not, just wasn't hitting. And then it was like secret improv because you just like had to go talk to strangers in character. Mm-hmm. But there was a charcuterie board, which honestly made everything worth it because I fucking love charcuterie. There's a charcuterie board. There was a little bucket of candy on yeah. the tables. It was nice. The whole yeah. setup was really nice. And yes. it was a really good money for value for 30 bucks. Yep. Yeah, that was all great. And the place looked really nice. And it was a fundraiser for a new thrift shop that hopefully will open up in Edmonton. Cheryl and I will have to check it out once it's open. I'm going to check excited. it out first. Whoa. But all the, fl- all the meat was like in meat flowers. And I just took petals of the meat flour, and then I turned around, and everyone else was taking full meat flowers. And I was like, I didn't know we could do that. <sighs> There's no rule against it. Well, I know that now. <laughs> Watch, I'll go to the next meat flour event, and it will be a rule against it. I had a whole meat flour. I didn't have a whole meat flour. I have privilege because I'm lactose intolerant. Right. 
so you couldn't have any cheese. Mm-hmm. And so we all got our character sheets. And for people who don't know anything about murder mystery parties, essentially it's a party. You all play different characters. And a story is developed throughout the night about the relationships between all the characters and, you know, the drama going on maybe some hatreds going on, friendships in other places, illicit love affairs, and at some point, a murder occurs. So when they were handing out the cards, the woman came up to Chris and I, and she's like, hey, like, are you guys okay playing a couple? I was like, yeah, like, you know, we're married in real life, so sure, like, we can play a couple. And she's like, okay, like, you know, like, some people find it really weird that, like, you know, to be paired up with somebody, you know, you have to pretend to be, like, their lover or whatever so anyway i kept the sheet and i'm reading through it and i realized that they've given me the uh character sheet for the sister of chris's character so immediately i was like "Mm, we're gonna need to trade sydney (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so we so i had to read two characters (laughs) Yeah, because they, she definitely, I think, was like asked if you were were okay playing a couple, but then it was a brother and sister yes. thing, which is a different sort of couple. Mm-hmm. So, that was funny, but then it made it easier for me because I was like, "That is my brother, so yeah. this is easy." Yes, yeah, that was funny though. Mm-hmm. It was very funny. So my favorite running joke throughout the night was whenever people were talking about how confused Sydney seemed, I, I would just confused. tell, I would just tell people that Sydney. Or your character, Irene, just wasn't feeling like herself tonight. And then everyone would laugh. (laughs) Every person I told it to. Oh my god, that's so dumb. (laughs) That's silly. I'm just like deer in headlights. Mm -hmm. People would just start talking to me in character. And I was like, ah! I was like, I think you're supposed to just say yes. So then I'd be like, yep. I also like how the uh, character sounded very much like you when you were younger. I think I thought it was going to be like Clue, mm. but I've never played Clue, so. You've never played Clue? I've never played Clue. Wow. That needs to be an episode. We owned Clue, We too, owned Clue. Kids. Well, Did you we? guys owned Clue. Yeah. Oh, I remember playing Mousetrap. I never played Clue. But like, in Clue, you don't have to act, right? The acting is what threw me off. You no, know, in Clue, you do not have to act. You could if you wanted to, but. It'd be weird. Well, anyway, that's what threw me off. I could not really keep the thread of what was going on. And also, I feel like I didn't have as many goals as you. You had all these goals. I had no goals. I was the party planner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're Irene, the party planner. Yeah, so I just literally walked around being like, I planned this party. Good job. And then everyone was like, you hired me. And I was like, yep, you're doing a good job. <laughs> and you were also my in-game older sister. Yeah. Role reversal, that's fun. I was the older sibling. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even take advantage of it. No. I still pestered the heck out of you. Yeah, and apparently shit talks me to everyone. <laughs> I also got distracted by the silent auction, though, so I was not as invested as some other people in the in-game mm-hmm. play because I was trying to win a bath get gift basket. Yes. Mm. Well done, Sydney. I lost, so. Maybe we should have a future episode where you just go to an auction house. Maybe. I did, yeah, I did get pretty competitive. Yes. <laughs> It's fine. Cheryl, uh, do you remember the character you played? I was Francine Thorne, and I was the quote-unquote cousin of Chris and Sydney's characters. Yeah, so you demoted yourself from Chris's sister to his cousin. (laughs) You know what? It's fine, because, like, part of me was wondering, 
Because, like, at least with Chris's character, they hinted that he had gone to take a vacation. And the fact that I wasn't his real cousin, I part of me was kind of wondering if, like, maybe something had gone on. Like, right. he was supposed to... I was sitting by his bedside. Like, when I read that note, I was like, oh, fascinating. Like, none of my cousins would sit at my bedside if I was dying, so... Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. My character was Richard Dent Waldern. I was the youngest of the three siblings. Sydney was my older sibling who was running the event as the party planner. Yeah. The oldest sibling was somebody named Rose. And so we all had like different goals for our characters. My particular goal was to talk to my older sister, Rose, because my character's backstory was that I had gotten cut off from the family money. My job was a philanthropist and I wanted to help children, but apparently asked for too much and decided to as a way of acting out i guess this is called like unintended suicide intended unintended mm-hmm. uh i had slashed my own wrists and then ended up, ended up getting stuck in a psych ward for three months followed by like six months with no access to the family money so my character's goal in the game was to get access to the family money again so I had to go around asking for Rose. How did you know what your goal was? I don't have a goal. Does yours literally say goals? That's yeah, written on the paper. Where? Um, Mine says getting into character. But it doesn't say a goal. So Gossip and objectives. Mm-hmm. The goals uh, are in here? Yes. This is two pages. Well, you read it. I didn't. Well, so my goal for interacting with you sydney was get your cousin who's been nothing but kind to you she's been taking your you shopping and to all the best restaurants you've done your best to be a good friend and to get into her good graces so she can help you persuade rose to give you access to the funds that were locked for you after your mother died i don't have a goal for you mine says Francine Thorne, who you call Frank, is your cousin from Florida. She recently escaped her controlling father and has come to New York to live the life she always dreamed of. She is graciously helping Richard out as he supposedly spent time with her. She's been a great help to have around, and you are sure to be fast friends. Like, I don't have goals. I just planned the party. Good job on planning the party. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe I should trade it back with you. Although it is. That's why I was wandering around like an idiot. (laughs) It's sounding more and more like you didn't read your character sheet. No, I read it. (laughs) I just forgot everything immediately. Sometimes I just stare at words and like they don't even translate in my brain. Hmm. We also had descriptions of the people in the room, at least things we knew about them. And mine for Irene, Sydney's character, was... Your older sister is a slightly reformed party girl. While she was there for you when you were quote-unquote sick, she was always being called away by her pointless job catering to vapid celebrities. Wow. You think she just traded the wilder parties of her youth for the more upper-class version, but she's still the same old flaky Irene. Oh, my God. <laughs> Savage. Mine said, your brother Richard was recently released from a mental institution, St. Albert's, known for its discretion. He attempted suicide after your older sister Rose cut off access to the family's money. You tried your best to be by his side during those months, but your busy schedule often got in the way. Rose told you to tell everyone he was 
visiting family in Florida so as to avoid a scandal. This party is the first since his quote-unquote vacation. Mm-hmm. See, I don't have a goal there. Oh, see, so the funny thing is Chris and I were supposed to chat with each other about like corroborating our backstory. Oh. And his didn't say that he went to Florida. And so we, I was like, well, let's just make it easy and say that like he came to visit in Florida. And it's funny that your paper says that because had we picked a different story, people would have noticed something was off and it would have led to suspicion. So mine for Chris's character says, Richard is the younger brother of Irene and Rose. He tried to commit suicide and has been sequestered in St. Albert until recently. Rose cut him off from the family fortune because he had donated too much to charity. If you stayed by his bedside as much as possible and worked out a story about your time in Florida together, if you can keep his secret, he might help persuade Rose to let you have access to the funds. I resent being called flaky. (laughs) Flaky old Irene. Rude. So yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I kind of tried to read them, but I'm kind of a slow reader. So when people would come up and be like, tell me their character name, it just took me too long to read Mm -hmm. the things. But I don't think there's any goals online. Not until the second act, so I just wandered around planning the party. And I did have a goal with Francine as well, much like how Sydney described. Cousin from Florida who escaped her controlling father. She graciously agreed to help you with your story concerning your quote-unquote vacation. Be sure to take her aside and make sure you both have your facts straight. Oh. Mm -hmm. There was someone else that, like, I guess this is, like, the goals that you're talking about, but... It was like secondary to finding out the murderer, so I just didn't really care. Because someone there was named David. It's a very, he's like a very up and coming, handsome author. And I had to figure out, it says like figure out if a character in his book is based on you because you suspect it. But I was like, that doesn't make a murderer character sheet. Mm-hmm. Here are solve crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Not stupid little mysteries. So maybe I just didn't understand how murder mystery works. My favorite part was at the start. <clears throat> and you're like, well, who's the murderer? Are you the murderer? And because my character of their backstory, I was like, no, I couldn't be the murderer. I'd never kill other people. That was dark. <laughs> <laughs> Zebra dark. But also there's like, what do we, we want? There's like 20 characters. This is like a big thing. Mm-hmm. With a sentence for each character. Mm-hmm. Or multiple sentences. So yeah, I just wandered around like an idiot for most of the night. (laughs) There's probably like parts where you had to collude with people and they're like, yeah. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. We got to collude. And you're like, I'm Irene. (laughs) (laughs) I planned this party. I didn't, yeah, I didn't collude with anyone. And then like someone was supposed to be my best friend. And Me. then I went up to her. No, Ashley was supposed oh, to be my best right, friend. Oh, that's right, Ashley. And so when I found her, I was like, Ashley, my best friend. And she was like, you stole my man. And I was like, <laughs> just really escalated. And then I didn't want to talk to more people after that. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite part was, so apparently I was living with your older sister, Rose. Mm. And it's not written on my sheet. It does not say that I'm living with her. And I only found out I was living with her when I tracked her down and started talking to her. And I was like, oh, fascinating. Oh, yeah. I tracked her down, but out of character for a drink ticket. Mm. So I didn't collude with her at all. Well done. Yeah. It was also amusing. Like, there's facts 
so you have facts that you know about the other characters other people have different facts about those same characters yeah and it was fun for me because like i kept shocking the hell out of other people and i couldn't figure out why because the chester fisk character the guy if you remember everyone was saying he was running a, yeah someone uh, just ran past us and was like chester runs a whorehouse he's running a whorehouse or orgy or yes. something yeah and so like all my characters said about him was that he acts like a playboy with vulgar and excessive tastes but you have come to suspect that's only a front he has donated anonymously to several of your favorite charities you only found out because some representatives contacted you to attend many parties he's indirectly hosted to raise money Ah. so i'm like walking around they're like have you heard of chester and they're like have you heard of the orgies i'm like i think that's made up i think deep down he secretly has a heart of gold and you're like He's running a whorehouse. <laughs> what I heard. Heard he was running a whorehouse. Well, and like the comments that I have for Chester was like, you have read Chesterfisk's name all over the socialite and page six of the New York Post. He runs a hotel called The Castle, which is well known for dangerous parties and ruining reputations. And I was like, so when the person was like a whorehouse, I was like, interesting. And the funniest thing was that when I encountered Chester, he was like, hey, you need to come to my hotel. So... I don't know if he figured I wanted horse or um, (laughs) what was going down. I hope we didn't miss here and it wasn't a horse house. (laughs) A horse house. A horse hotel? Yeah. Mm. A horse orgy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a horse house is just a barn. It's true. Or a stable. Stable. I don't have any goals. I didn't have any goals. Unless you continue reading Mm -hmm. and it tells you what Mm -hmm. you could do with each character. It it literally just says that I hired everybody for the party. I was like, good job. I did think it was interesting that she asked how much participation we wanted. And we were like, eh, whatever. And then she just gave us, like, they're not minor roles, but they kind of are. Like, we didn't really contribute much to the story. Like, I think other than, like, so later on in the party, we ended up having, like, case files revealed um and we each had a case file but there wasn't really too much else that was going down that like we really Mm -hmm. i don't know what would more participation be like i feel like everyone was participating more than me Mm -hmm. well there were some people with zero participation and if you walked around the room they had a name tag and below it it just said security for their name so those Mm -hmm. are the people who were doing nothing oh that's what i wanted because i just wanted to chill and drink the meat and eat the cheese well then you should have told her that i didn't know Mm. That's because some good producing. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything about what was going on. No. Mm-hmm. I was tired. It was a work night. Or it was like a work day, not a work night. It worked that day. It was a Saturday. Saturday, yeah. I had no idea what was going on with me then. <laughs> we didn't go on Friday? No. Oh. No. So like Cheryl had alluded to earlier, after the initial part where we go around, talk to all the other characters, try and get our little mini goals set out of the way partway through the party is the murder the oh, murder so so f- funny thing i and i may have misheard her so at one point they pull out flashlights and they tell everyone that some bandits from loomis have been shooting out the transformers on power poles and that if the power goes out this is where the flashlights are and in my brain i was like i've never heard of loomis alberta but like that seems like a redneck thing to do so i thought it was real (laughs) (laughs) and then one of the people hosting came up and was like no it's not real i was like okay good 
Oh, you're waiting for real bandits to show up. So the reason why you didn't hear that it wasn't real is because she didn't say it. Yes. But after she said the part where bandits were shooting out power transformers, yes. she just did the winking motion, like really obviously. Uh, but if uh, everyone who looked away after yes. she said that or wasn't even looking at her wouldn't at all. Wouldn't notice. Wouldn't know. So yeah, at that point, at that halfway point, they also took the... Mead tour. The mead tour. Mm -hmm. They took us back into the meadery area. Where he showed us his big vats of berries and his rhubarb. So a bit of a backstory on what happened. So they had an old fire hall and they decided they were going to decommission it and build a new fire hall. And he was like, well, you can't just decommission this building. Like, it still works. And so they were like, well, you figure out what to do. And that was how he started the meadery. Mm -hmm. So it it is in an old fire hall, which is really kind of cool. That was cool. Yeah. I really like, like, just the venue. Was yes, cool. it was very cool. Sorry for any audio issues right now. I should mention that our dog is chewing through his chew antler. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much going to be the quietest he's going to be. Yes. So we'll let him continue doing it. That is correct. So yeah, they took us back, gave us a little mini tour of the meadery. Mm -hmm. They gave us the backstory. Uh, the man has a lot of love for mead and making mead. Mm-hmm. He uh, he has his own bees that he was saying that I think each bee produces a teaspoon of honey. So the amount of honey required to make mead is like way more bees than you can possibly contemplate. And he alluded to the mead being, he's like, that's why the mead is as expensive as it is. And we we're like, oh, this could be some pricey mead. Yeah, so we, we've got two bottles in front of us. We've got a Saskatoon one and then there's a raspberry one we haven't opened yet. And, uh, yeah, the regular-sized Saskatoon one, which is like, I don't know, it's a regular-sized wine glass or wine bottle type, mm -hmm. 750 mils. It's only 26 bucks. It's yeah. not that expensive. And for, like, something homemade and local. Yeah. I think you could raise those prices, Mead Guy. Mm -hmm. Once the tour was out, they brought us back out into the main murder mystery party area. And that is when the murder victim got murdered. Who was also played by the guy who ran the meadery and mm -hmm. was quote-unquote bartending. Yes, as a mm -hmm. matter of fact, one of the people called out, but how do we get more alcohol? It was very entertaining. <laughs> so it was that point that we were given our secondary sheets about what we were going to do at that point. We kind of had a new set of objectives. I know for me, it turned out that the murder victim had documents on me and my family in the safe stuff that we shouldn't let get out because it'll cause a scandal mm -hmm. so yeah at a sneaky point i uh went up and i read the files and then i slowly backed away from the rest of the group and shuffled them in with my character sheets and just left i also stole my file sheet that was in the safe <laughs> and just hid it behind a board <laughs> and until you guys had done that because i noticed chris doing it and i was like can I do that? And so then he's like, I mean, why not? I was like, okay. So I went back and did it. Yeah. I put it back at the end of the night when the murder was solved, but I know we've got a few of the case files here. I kept here. mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I just hid mine somewhere there. Yeah. Goodbye, file on mm -hmm. me. I mean, mine just said, you know, hide the information or play it down. So yeah. 
I was trying to do both of us a solid because I think mine says like protect the family. Mm. I protected the family more than you did. I protected myself because someone was already reading your file and I was like, too late for that guy. I got mine and I got our older sister Rose's. Oh, I hid mine. You're just looking out for numero uno. Just looking out for me. Mine wasn't anything too crazy. Like, uh, obviously I'm not who I say I am, but like, that's about it. Although this one table seemed to have it out for me. Like, they were convinced that I had to be the murderer because I was, like, faking whatever. And I was like, hmm. I don't I know. Murder nobody. Uh, yeah. I had better things to do with my time. I wanted money, not murdering a random guy behind the bar for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Also, it was a stabbing, and women don't usually stab. That's true. So, as part of my Act 2 goals, I was supposed to make friends with the lawyer because he had information that could expose me, but the information was so weak. So apparently the real Francine was using her credit card still, which like you could just argue that somebody stole your credit card. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like that's a little odd. Plus the way they make this whole thing sound, it's like stuck between two time periods, right? Because like they didn't have credit cards and like the, 1800s 1900s but at the same time like it's like re if people are reading the newspaper like i just i don't know i feel like they don't really quite understand what's going on like a socialite gathering who has a socialite newspaper i didn't know there was a time frame on this well Me if either. if i'm using a credit card it has to be at least sometime in like the 1900s. At You're least. using a lady's credit card in her yeah. name? It's like past 1970. Yeah. <laughs> like, it feels like it's gotta be more recent. But you felt like, did you feel like the language was like old timey? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. It's like, again, like, it kind of feels a little strange to have like a socialites party. Like, who calls it socialites anymore? Mm. It's like celebrities or bigwigs or like. The social elites. Yeah. Ooh, like a Jeffrey Epstein party. Ooh. Ooh we went to a Jeffrey Epstein party. Ooh. You planned it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because one other person was running a blog. Yes. So that's definitely like. Recent. Post 90s. Yeah. So then how could we, I don't know, whatever. It's just really strange. Like, mm -hmm. So you just felt like it was like, aha, yeah, Rapscallion. But then it was like set in the 2000s. Yeah, or at least maybe it was because people themselves felt a little strange. Because like, I don't know, maybe I don't go to too many of these parties in real life. But like, I've never gone to a party where they've called a woman with my character is a debutante. Like, what the hell does that mean? Southern culture. Yeah. You could be a debutante today, but in the South. I see. Yeah. So in Florida, so she's a it, debutante. Like regional issues, I think okay. is. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure debutante is still a big thing in some places. All right. Yeah. Just looking it up along the line right now. So debutante. A debutante or Deb is a young woman of aristocratic or upper class family background who has reached maturity and as a new adult is presented to society. And do debutantes, do debutantes still exist? Debutante balls are still well and truly alive worldwide, and one of the most well-known events in the UK is Queen Charlotte's Ball, founded in 1780 by King George III in honor of his wife, Queen Charlotte. Interesting. So they still got 
debutante. It's not like a thing here, but like it's like a southern thing, I think. Yeah, I guess. Or I'm... a UK thing. Or a UK thing. Yeah. But not here. Well, I need to, I guess, renounce my British heritage then. I'm just going to look up Edmonton debutantes while you guys continue the discussion. <laughs> Fun fact there's somebody who calls themselves the Edmonton Queen, but they're a drag queen. Okay. <laughs> Fun. Is she in any way related to the uh, Queen of Canada? Ooh, that I don't know. Mm. I don't think that Queen of Canada is a drag queen. No. <laughs> Probably not. But you know, like, all the aristocracy likes to know each don't other. Don't we have a boat called the Edmonton Yes, Queen? we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I can find is that there's a sketch comedy group in Edmonton called the Debutantes. Well, mm. there you go. Ooh, and we have a ball. A vampire ball is passed by the one year i'd like to go it's just really expensive mm. and we have a scream queen in edmonton too oh yeah that's right with edmonton mm-hmm. oh we do have a debutante society society in edmonton the johann strauss ball the next one's on february 4th of 2023 and if you want to go for the podcast sydney it's only 245 dollars yeah but then you're gonna have to like get dressed and stuff it's true. The dress code is ladies Formal. have to wear floor-length ball gowns. Gentlemen, tuxedos, tails, or uniforms with decorations. Do you know how much a floor-length ball gown for a plus-size woman that's going to look good is going to cost? Yes. We're talking like minimum three to four hundred. Yeah, Cheryl Correct. knows exactly. Uh, Why? Yeah. Why so specifically do you know that? <laughs> because the wedding dress. Your wedding dress? Yeah. But you're not plus-size. No, but... I spend, floor length yes, formal floral dress. dress, correct. Yeah. It's uh expensive regardless of size. It's just with plus size, it's really I know, more expensive. Yeah, I know regardless of size it's expensive, but yes. also like if you want like arms covered and stuff like that, like common plus size girl issues, it's just yes. like astronomical. Oh yeah, yeah. I and mean, like most of the cuts don't look good and you probably are gonna want a corset. I was gonna say you're probably gonna have to do a custom dress if you're plus size. Mm-hmm. So not a southern thing. Well, you were just never invited to the Debbie Towns. I guess ball. I was just never invited. It's okay. Neither was I. We're not really high society. We are not really high society. We're slumming it. We've got a, a mixed breed dog. I mean, we don't, there's nothing fancy about us. Mm-hmm. I don't like breeders and purebred dogs and all that, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to say it openly. I don't like it. I think it's weird. This oh, breed is the Canadian sighing that's dog. Super- <laughs> I like the shelter that I volunteer with. All the breeds are just like dog. Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Mixed dog shaped. Mm -hmm. Do you want him? Part two of the party just sends you out to talk to everyone else again. And the goal is to figure out who did the murder. You talk with everyone and you, you know, in parts of it, you have to like cover your own tracks if you're slowly becoming a suspect. The other part is trying to figure out who it was. And so they've given us all sheets. Who did it sheets? To write down your character's name and the name of the guest or player who you believe was responsible for the murder. Plus, for prize purposes, they also had a spot for you to name the guest or player who you feel did the best job acting in character. And the name of the guest or player who you feel had the best costume. Hey, you only have a copy of that because I'm socially awkward. Good job. Because that's the extra one that I got and I was too scared to tell her I already had one. You know, uh, another person would have said, you only have a copy of that because I am the producer of this episode. I produced it. <laughs> Good save. Good job. I voted for myself for a costume. But you were just wearing all black. <laughs> I know. It was so funny because at the, this is a bit of a side note, but it's still kind of relevant. When we went beforehand, because I had a headache, we went to the drugstore. Chris is wearing a long 
red leather coat and Sydney is dressed in all black and I'm the only one who looks like I fit in on this town and we walk into the drugstore and right away or into the convenience store and right away they're like oh you're not from here what are you here for Chris and I always give us away we don't look like we're from a small town you're always so paranoid whenever we show up at a small town and you're people like know. people are gonna know we're not from here and, and they like, talk shit about us like that time we went to Big Valley and they were like them city folk That's to funny. be fair it's because we went there during COVID well it wasn't like COVID yet it was like pre-COVID it was it was mid-COVID, mid-COVID. it was the Baby summer COVID. of COVID because we got yelled at at Raleigh for being too close to the closed oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even sit inside a restaurant yeah. so. I just wanted to see those cats let's go back to Raleigh I want to see the cats okay mm-hmm. it wasn't like middle COVID it yeah. was like it was because the guy at the freaking museum was yelling at you about how everyone was rocking the runway against the arrows and Masks oh yeah, and... the arrows were out. <laughs> it was definitely mid-COVID. I blocked all that out. You're welcome. Oh, I didn't like. Sydney, I know you started out the event by being totally afraid that people would figure out that we were outsiders. Did that fear go away by the end? No, I feel like everyone knew we're outsiders. To be fair, everyone was outsiders. That That's one true. woman behind us who was crazy who complained that like no one there was from New Sarepta. She also won against me yes. in the silent auction. Yes. It also sounded like none of the locals knew that. Yeah, none there of the was. locals yeah. went. So, <laughs> I mean, the when we explained it to the people at the convenience store, they were like, "Oh yeah, that's that thing, tonight." Yeah. yeah, but otherwise, mm-hmm. no. I mean, it was a fundraiser for a thrift shop to be open in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was being held in New Sarepta. For, yes. Yeah. I think. How did they say they knew the meadery man? I think it was just that it was a cheap venue. Right. Mm. No, I think one of the people on the thrift, oh. I think one of the thrift people works in lives in New Sarepta. Sarepta is on the, like the city uh, yeah. council because you could something. commute. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's only forty minutes from the city. Yeah, and the houses are massive. Yeah, except the old haunted ones that I told you you could totally make a dollar if you went up and knocked on the door. It's not enough money. <laughs> so did your fear of being viewed as an outsider dissipate at all by the end of the day? No, but that's just sort of constant in the background for me, mm-hmm. so. No. Sad. Just a steady ebb and flow of fear. Mm. If you're ever wondering what's going on in my brain, mm-hmm. just fear. Mm. That's fair. Just a fear river. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving now on. Now it's from a sad episode. <laughs> sad river of sadness yeah. and fear. Yeah, went around, talked with people, mm-hmm. finished off our final goals, and. Everyone got their own sheets that we previously described there where we had to write down who we thought the murderer was. We handed them into the event runner and she tallied up all the votes for who the murderer or who was the suspected murderer. Yeah. Versus who was the actual murderer. So they did have a murderer figured out, but maybe it's just because I've done a lot of these sorts of things, but I overcomplicated things because the actual murder was way too obvious. That's very on brand yes, for us to overcomplicate correct. the yeah. puzzle, though. Because, like, I was like, no, nah, there's no way it's this guy. Like, it's got to be this other guy. And it turned out to be him. And I was like, well, wait a second. What the hell? Like, that makes no sense. Like, it just seemed too obvious. And apparently mm-hmm. it was. But that's like us in an escape room. We yeah. literally got tripped up on every red herring when we went to the escape room. That's true. Well, and that was you. They ne- But they never gave us. <laughs> 
um like hint hints when we used our hints he would just be like you're way overthinking it like every time that was always the hint you were trying to decode binary ones and that zeros was your into mom. writing that wasn't her no that was my idea but then my mom's better at binary so i was trying oh. to it was my idea but i try to get her to do it because i'm not as good as binary <laughs> oh well there you go binary is a really obvious code that i just assume everybody knows no it said nothing in binary yes it didn't make anyway mm. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't even get a chance to overcomplicate it. The actual murderer was a person who I didn't get a chance to talk to because uh, there's just so many people there. Yeah. I did find it, like, hard because all the people you're supposed to talk to, they're usually engaged in conversation of some sort, so you're waiting for their conversation then mm-hmm. so you can get your character goal over with. They sort of miss out on talking with everybody. Yes. My only goal in the second act was make sure the party runs smoothly, and it was running smoothly, so I didn't do anything. The chicken. The charcuterie table uh, ran empty. I think you should have done something about that. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I was only in charge of the fake party, not the real party. They announced the murderer. They explained why. And at the end, they just sort of wrapped things up with announcing the winners of the silent auction that Sydney was. That was her real reason for that being was my there, real apparently. goal. I wanted the bubble bath with the lavender smoke. Mm-hmm. You know you can buy soap. I know, but it was a good deal. <laughs> Just got such a rush from a good deal. Mm. And then it was like, after I got into a bidding war, it wasn't even such a good deal anymore, but I was just invested. You don't like to lose. No, I lost, though. Mm-hmm. Sad. But mm-hmm. it was all raising money for a good cause. So. Yeah. And then you're like, I didn't win. We can go now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we left and we drove home. Well, it was like 10 and we had a 40-minute drive. So now that you've officially produced something, gone out and did it, what do you think of the event? We should do things earlier in the day. (laughs) I think it was fun. I think it was a cute little thing. I just wasn't really in the mood to do improv. Mm. I was very confused. Mm -hmm. When are you in the mood to do improv? Pretty much never. Okay. So it was as good a time as any. Yeah. Mm. It was a fun little thing, though. And we helped with fundraising, so. That's true. Do you think you would recommend it to other people to do? Yeah, I think other people that aren't as socially awkward as me would like it more than me. Mm-hmm. And it was like great money for value. Mm-hmm. Entertainment for an evening plus food, like drinks, cheap drinks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very art- artisanal vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point of fact for myself. I am socially awkward and my character got to be was supposed to be socially awkward. So I got to play to my type. My version of socially awkward is a little different than most people's, so it actually did not bother me. I'm just not good at improv. Mm. Just very deer in headlights. We just need to do more. Mm-hmm. No. And then you can get good at it. No. Like that LARPing group uh, from when we went to the medieval fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go do one of their weekends away. No. You can play a character. I don't like any kind of like drama acting, because I was actually so excited when I was in elementary school when you go to grade seven you're in junior high and then you get to take drama you get to pick like elective courses i was so fucking excited i picked drama and i thought it was going to be so much fun and then the first thing that we did in drama is we paired up and we had to like pose our partner in a shape and the girl made me pose like a dog and i felt really embarrassed and then i didn't go to drama for the rest of the year and i got in a lot of trouble over it repeatedly for skipping class and now i don't like dramatic things oh but you like dogs. Yeah, but I didn't want to be a dog. That's improv. I didn't that, like it. You're supposed to yes and. 
made me feel ashamed and embarrassed. So mm. here we all are. You know, well, some then. people pay good money to be shamed and embarrassed. I'm not one of them. <laughs> so you? I don't like improv, but I didn't know that this was like 90% improv. Good job. Good job, producer. I liked the local community vibes, though. Mm-hmm. I like that guy and his mead story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go buy some mead if you're local. I'm excited about the new thrift store because they're going to have like a maker space in the background with like that's sewing cool. machines and stuff like that. So you can fix the clothes that you buy at the thrift store. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Do you like the event, Cheryl? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've. <laughs> I mean, this is my jam. This is uh, what I like to do. So I've done several murder mysteries which was part of the reason why I think I overcomplicated this one because the other ones I've been to in the past are slightly more complicated. Was this a more involved... Like, I thought it was going to be more of a puzzle and less of acting. Yeah, so the ones that I've usually done have been more of a puzzle. You don't act. You are there as a participant, literally just walking around, walk, like interviewing actual suspects. You're not in the suspect pool yourself. Oh, yeah. You're just yeah, considered a random bystander. Yeah, but Like L.A. Noir. Yep. Yeah. So this was a bit of a surprise for me, but I've also done one like this before. My friend Mel uh, hosted a Halloween party that we all got to be the characters in the murder mystery. And that's, mm. you know, when you're with friends, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I th- If I knew the people, it yeah. might have been fun. Yeah. But I don't like strangers. How about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on it? I liked it. It was a little tough for me to get started. Mm-hmm. Like, even though out of the introvert, extrovert, I scored more extrovert than both of you. I still get social anxiety at events where I don't know people. Mm-hmm. But, and no one else can take this idea because it's mine and we can't all do it. If I'm at a social event and it's expected to mingle, I will just sit there with open body language and let people come to me mm-hmm. and then I don't need to approach other people. Mm-hmm. I just followed you around like a duckling all night. I was like, eh, whenever you guys went off, I hated it. I was like, uh, eh, too far. <laughs> I need a like a security person uh-huh. to be near. That's mm-hmm. my strategy. Hmm. And then if I don't have a security person, I sit with very close body language. You should bring a ventriloquist dummy and talk through the dummy. You can all always no. follow me around. I no. have no problem with strangers. Strangers are easy because the chances of me ever seeing them again are slim to none. True. It's the random. It's the people that like I actually care about. I am more afraid of like upsetting you and Chris than I am just a random stranger because that random stranger is not like they're going to be like oh that crazy woman and they're never going to see me again but like oh my gosh we're so opposite yeah but I will see you and Chris again at like any family event coming up so I need to be on like my best behavior with you guys oh I just feel like yeah. people know who I am if you get upset you'll get over it kind of thing mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> it's okay but, like strangers that shit will keep me awake at night yeah, from no. some like weird stranger interaction no. from like 30 years ago no strangers I don't care interesting yeah they'll never see me again they probably don't recognize me at this point if but I what if you go to the thrift store now though do you think they're gonna recognize me out yeah. of the other 40 other people that were there that night yeah oh well I don't think so well, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, this is your host, Chris, signing off. This is Cheryl signing off. I'm Sydney. I plan the thing. for listening to this very special episode of I Went Outside Today. If you have comments, compliments, 
or just suggestions of what Sydney should take part in, send them to us on our I Went Outside Today Facebook page or by email to IWentOutsideTodayPod at gmail.com. Also, if you could give us a positive rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast and share us with your friends, we would really appreciate you helping our small podcast become a little bigger.